<laughs> Good. How are you, Harold? All right. The uh, the thing about Fred is I've known him a long time. He's a local businessman. We're going to talk about some of the business uh, side of his uh, world. But the other business that he works on, and I promised you the other day that we had somebody with the uh, who knows how to combine business and work and play. So that's that's uh, that's Fred. We are going to talk about the fact that Fred has been the manager for the last two seasons of the Chico Heat. How's that been going, Fred? It's it's been going great, Harold. It's a it's a I'm very fortunate to be involved with the Chico Heat, and I'm uh, I'm glad I am. But just ending our second year this year, it's been real entertaining for me. That's great. Yeah. So now you are a baseball player from way back, and you played locally. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I graduated up in uh, Paradise, Paradise High School, played baseball there, and from there I had my ventures took me to Butte College. From Butte College, I played here. I stayed home and went to Chico State, and, and uh, that's how I stayed here. All right. Yeah. So you're a local Butte County boy. Yes, absolutely. All and, right. Uh, I love it here. Right. And you, um, now you have been in business in the uh, athletic business now for close to 20 years. Yeah, correct. Uh, before I owned my company, I actually used to sell the th same things I'm selling now for another company, and that's what uh, directed me into my business now. Right. And so your biz what's the name of your business now? Uh, North State Screen Print and Athletic here in Chico. And uh, what would that contact number be, just in case somebody wants to jot that down? Our number is 530-895-9193. Uh, and what do you guys mainly do? What's what's the main thing every day there? Our number one thing is, you know, we do screen printing and embroidery, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats. And then uh, on the flip side of that, though, as a big business, we sell athletic uniforms to schools, colleges, youth groups, uh, et cetera. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Wow. So and uh, now that uh, so you're pretty much in touch with most of all the sports people in town. Is that Fair to say? It is absolutely fair to say. <laughs> I, we deal with a lot of people here locally and, and, you know, out of the area, you know, Sacramento all the way to Oregon to Nevada. So. Oh, okay. So yeah. you're, you're like shipping giant loads of sports uniforms for whole teams? Correct. Oh, Correct. wow. Yep. We actually did a little league, which is a lot. Um, this is crazy. We did a Sparks Little League up in Reno, Nevada, you know, and that takes a lot of time and faith for them for us to deliver it to Nevada, but they, they got it all. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Absolutely. So now this whole thing with the Chico Heat, how did you get started? I know you used to work. The Chico Heat has had two incarnations. Correct. And there was an old league that they used to be in, and now the new one has been two full seasons. Yep. And you guys won the championship the first year. Correct. And how did you get started with the original Chico Heat? It's just a, the funniest route of my life. I. Um, when I was younger, I actually worked for the Chico Heat with Steve Nettleton, gave me an opportunity to work in the offices there, helping out. I did a lot of some marketing for him and, and did merchandising because I knew, you know, I was, I was working in the athletic field already. But working there, um, I knew Steve Nettleton and I knew some people involved. And then uh, getting involved in now the Chico Heat, I'm sitting in my office one day and I get a call from one of the guys used to work in the office, uh, Jeff Craigle, who he he did the marketing for the Heat and sold advertising for the original Heat. And he told me the opportunity for me to get involved now was is coming up, you know, time's here. Right. And so I took an interest in it, and he ended up giving my name to uh, Pat Gillick, who is our sole owner, one of the owners, I'm sorry, to the Chico Heat. And within two days, Pat Gillick called me, and, of course, me being a baseball guy, I about fell out of my chair. For those who don't, do not know who Pat Gillick is, he's a phenomenal guy in the baseball world. He's in the top 5% of baseball guys. Um, he's won three world championships. He's a Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer. Um, wow. Uh, unbelievable man. Um, and he's a Chico native. Yeah, his dad was the Butte County Sheriff here, Larry Gillick. And oh, so yeah. So he grew up here. Yeah. So if you go out to Westside Little League, it's Larry Gillick Field, yeah. matter of fact. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so uh, I mean, immediately when he called me, I was kind of entranced with this, you know, getting an opportunity and then being involved in the interview process was let alone for me was enough to you know, now, get me through it. How many people would have been interviewed for that manager slot that you ended up filling? From what I know, I mean, I don't know the absolute number, but I, our GM right now was telling me there was at least 25 that they looked at. Wow. And so I don't know the total number that applied. So right. 
I know, you know, that's quite a few. Now, is Larry Gillick, was he a baseball player also? Yeah, he coached the original. I may be wrong when I say this, but I do in my history. There's a summer team in the Chico Colts that used to be around, and I believe he was the founder of it, I want to say. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And, and Pat played for him. So. Wow. Now, the, the interesting thing, uh, talking with Fred about the, the Chico Heat, they had a season where they just ended their season, and they, I believe you came in second. Is that pretty much the way it worked out? Yeah, we ended you up. You lost uh, in the very championship game, or was it a series? It was a series. So yeah. we ended up you know, being the two seed and, and playing our uh, foe, play, the, the Medford Rogues. And last year we beat them two of three, but this year they took us. Uh, the Medford guys. So the, yeah. Oh, good. So that was a repeat of the old. Yeah. So now you have a big rival where you yeah. each won one, and uh, it's Laura. It's a big rivalry, right? right now, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, we end up losing in that game, and it's right. unfortunate. But um, I thought we had an outstanding season. Right. Well, I know you say. guys had a great season. The thing about the Chico Heat that I am familiar with is when my son was younger, I used to go to a lot of the games, uh-huh. and when the league ended, I was kind of sad because I had such a good time out there. What I'm really encouraged by talking with you, Fred, is that. The new league is very healthy. I think people get concerned that they might yeah. want to buy some season tickets or they might get their kids involved. But if the league goes away, that kind of hurts their feelings or something. Yeah, being involved in, uh, in the meetings that we, we go to, and I'm, I'm really happy with the ownership. It's, they're a, a group of amazing people. They, they're very healthy. They're baseball guys. They want, they want to succeed. And they're financially Secure. healthy enough to not be concerned about the first few years being difficult. Absolutely. They're, right. they're, they're very, you know, they're happy with, with, with the way things have gone. Right. And it sounds like there's even uh, teams that are trying to join this league, which is really a healthy sign. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to burst no, the bubble too much any, there. I can't it's give, like the Olympic Committee. Yeah, you it, can't it, say who's getting it. But, but yeah. there is a uh, teams outside looking in wanting to get into the league, which makes it a lot healthier and better for us so we're not repetitively playing the, the five teams. Or right, teams you need, the more teams, the better. So that would be the best scenario for us next year, and it looks like that might happen. Right. And tell us something about the – you told me about the the new owner of one of the Oregon teams is an actually a football player? Oh, the, the story, it's really – it's pretty cool. The um, the Portland Pickles, we are we played up there. I love that name. Yeah, it's a it's, – it's, you can take that a few ways. But, right, but baseball um, has pickles. But so, absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're a good – they do a good job up there. They, they draw crowds, and they do a really good job. But they're – and I don't know his name, and I apologize for that, but – the punter for the Seattle Seahawks ended up buying them. And uh, our last series up in Portland, he brought the whole O-line out for the Seattle Seahawks. And it was... So the uh, offensive line yeah, was there. It was awesome because they That's took great. a little BP right before we did. And we got to meet them. And they're not a small group of guys. They are big men. Right. And, uh, outstanding people. They're talking about character and sports. They're, right. they're awesome guys. That's great. So this league has got some very solid owners, which means the league is on a real good footing absolutely to be around for a long time yeah i like the support that the ownership gives each team and then the support comes through the even the president to our league they're very supportive of what we're doing right well that's that's really great so what what is there anything i mean you can't give away any secrets of course but is there anything coming up for next year's season Uh, uh, you don't even have a roster yet your season just ended yeah, we, we, uh, we. You have a lot of repeating uh, players that you know are going to be with you. We'll have a few guys come back. We try to, uh, you know, turn over a little bit of the roster, get fresh faces, get new guys, you know, with new blood coming out of the shoots that want to that want to move to that next level of, of baseball. But so we try to return the, you know, roll over with the roster. We do have some guys for us, the Chico Heat, that will be back. Right, and I'm I don't want to name them quite yet. But, no, no, that's. But fine. we've already started recruiting the Chico Heat. Have we started recruiting last week immediately, and we're done uh, looking at new guys for the 2018 season. Yes. Now, where do you find these Chico Heat players? A lot of them are they coming out of college, or are they it's, coming out of uh, like the Yuba City uh, Gold <laughs> Sox or something? No, we uh, we just got to do our homework. We got to know where to go, know where to look. We have yeah, as a recruiting coach. Right now, I'll make calls to all my D1 schools and see who they have available. Like, my first call, I'm going to tell you, I made is, is, is Savage at UCLA. When, uh, you know, I idolize um, him as a program. Oh. And he does a great job. And see So ha- you talk to the coach at the D1 school, Division One schools. Yes. And they tell you, hey, here's some guys that might be available. Correct. To start their professional career 
on a team like the Chico Heat. Yeah, but uh, they have to still be in, in the collegiate level, though. Okay. That. So uh, at that time when they're in college, they can, they, they, they're, they're ready to start playing for us in the summer that we propel them for the professional their professional careers. Right, the, yeah. right. So, so these are guys that, of course, hopefully they're going to make the majors someday. <laughs> they all have dreams and aspirations right. like, like we did. So, right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, hey, even I did, too. I played <laughs> Little League. And, 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 <laughs> and they learn a lot in the summer, I tell you. The summer <laughs> schedule is like the, the minor league schedule. Right. And trust me, people don't realize it is tough. Right, right. We played 66 games in 70 days. It's, oh, that's, a, that's unbelievable. And Driving all the way to Medford. Now, how far do you go? Portland? Yeah, Portland's our farthest trip. Portland, wow. you know, Medford. And right. It's not bad. It's just it's a grind, though, for the kids that have never done it. They right. realize what they're getting into. Right. They want to keep moving up. Right, so, right. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I hate to brag, but I was the only player in my <laughs> – when I was in the minors at age 10, you know how the minors is. It's almost like the Keystone Cops game. Absolutely. I was the only pitcher to throw a shutout in the entire league. Out of baby. And I was going to have a second, get this, I was going to have a second shutout. <laughs> it was 19 to nothing in the last mm-hmm. inning. I'm going to say a name. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> Curtis Ebertowski was playing shortstop. He was jealous of me because I was such mm-hmm. a better pitcher than him. And with a man on second or third, a guy hit a grounder to the shortstop in the last inning. Uh-oh. Curtis let it go through his legs, and I won that game 19-1. to one. Through I the didn't wickets. get a second shutout. Through the wickets. I hope he's listening right now. <laughs> this was actually down in the Bay Area about, oh, about 50 years ago, so I think, I think I'm safe. But hey, Curtis, if you're listening, Sorry. it was really great to be on your team. I, it was really fun to have you as a teammate. That's awesome. Anyway, that was my, that's my little uh, baseball story. But it was kind of cool because my dad was at that game. He couldn't make all the games, but he made most of them. And my dad was there watching my shutout game. So Dude, that's great. That was a big deal. That's awesome. And for some reason, I was never a power hitter, but I was a pretty good hitter. I had a, about five or six ground rule doubles, but I never got a home run. <laughs> I don't know why. Should have ate more fiber. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's my little baseball story. So I wanted to t- Fred, also now you also are involved with the uh, PV High helping their athletic department through – Kind of like working through the heat, sort of, or is that just totally on your own? Well, I just do that on my own. I was a head coach there for the last four years, and I did give it up um, because of the, you know, timeliness. There's just not enough time in the day to do, you know, owning a business and then doing the Chico Heat and then coaching at the at PV High. So I did give that up, but I am still involved with Coach Whitsett, who's who took over. He's doing a great job. I help him with, you know, fundraising. I help. I, I still want the program to succeed, so right. I help him do whatever I can. And so you have an upcoming tournament uh, related to golf that yeah. helps the base. Does it help the baseball team or all of the sports? It help, it, it goes in the the fun, but base it's for baseball pretty right. much. It's um, we do it at Bailey Creek Golf Course September 9th. And That's it's, up near it's, Chester. Yeah, it's a phenomenal tournament. It's, wow. We bring in some good money for the for the baseball program, and it supplies a lot of things that they need. Does that tournament have a have a particular name? It's uh, the. I don't know. What I don't think we you ever need to named name it. it. You now need, now you, you say to, that, you need to make a, a brand out of it. Yeah, we just yeah. call it the Viking Golf Tournament. Okay, well, so Viking that I makes sense for PV. Yeah, but, so yeah. but it's, you could have a name that you could kind of you know, <laughs> that'll start upping the the green fees because the more you can charge for green fees, the more money the high school makes. Yeah, I don't I don't think we've ever named it. Now you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I only need a twenty percent uh, ownership for that for that <laughs> idea. <laughs> well, we'll be right back after this break. Uh, Don't forget, we're going to have a lot more talk about Chico business and business and play. Honey, I'm really worried about our retirement funds. Oh, me too. We lost so much value in the recession and the stock market. I'm worried we won't have enough to retire. Jim next door told me that he had set up a new kind of IRA with the Gold Silver Group. He said how simple and safe it was. It's a private storage IRA, and we could have real gold and silver in our hands. Really? You mean we can actually see it and touch it? Absolutely. Jim said we could have all the benefits of an IRA to help build our retirement income. Bottom line, we would own a real tangible asset, and we would have the security of knowing we're protected. 
protected no matter what the economy does. What do you think? I think we need to find out how to get our own private storage IRA. We need to call the Gold Silver Group right now. Are you ready to protect your future? Call 800-511-6771 now to find out how easy and safe it is to set up a private storage IRA with Gold Silver Group and find out how you can qualify for up to $700 in free silver. All transactions are privately delivered and fully insured. Please call us now. 800-511-6771. 800-511-6771. What do you think about when you hear the word temptation? Here's David Hawking with some thoughts for us on this. The number one thing people think about when you talk about temptation is sexual matters. First thing that comes to their mind. But my friends, if that's all, you're in for a rude awakening. We have more about the temptations we all face this week on Hope for Today. Join us. Tune in for Hope for Today weekdays at 8 a.m. here on KKXX. Welcome back to Business Buzz. We're here talking to Fred Ludwig, manager of the Chico Heat, owner of North State Screen Print. And like I say, I've known Fred for about 20 years. Uh, how do you see the your business goes outside the area of just Chico? Yes, yes, it probably sir. used to be more Chico related now. I mean, as a percentage, would you say you're expanding outwards? Uh, yeah, we are. It's it's We go, you know... It's just funny how relationships work, and guys that I've played college ball with back in the day, they're all coaching. They're so they're all coaches coaching. at all these schools and yeah, things, and yeah. And so right. they'll, they'll get in a hold of me, whether it's Facebook or emails, and they'll ask me for quotes, and so I'll right. send it out, and, right. and it's amazing. So. so even with the extra shipping cost, you're sometimes able to give them a bid that works for them, Absolutely. like the Sparks Little League? Absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're very competitive. So, so a Little League... Uh, like a little league like Sparks probably has what, fifteen teams with twenty kids on a team or something or it's triple that. Whoa. Yeah, it's a it's a big. League. So it's like seven or eight hundred yeah. uniforms. Yep, absolutely. Wow. <laughs> it's a it's a quite a quite a few. How how much lead time does your business need on an order like that? We do a month on leagues. About a month. Yeah, okay. and typically. If you were just calling order in today, it's two weeks. But oh, we do yeah, a normally, month. but yeah. a large one would be about a month. Yeah, we, we plan for a little <laughs> right. league season. So. Now, what do you what do you how do you handle your uh, your supply chain for the the materials you need to bring in? Where do you go for that? Do you have people bidding to you or no? We, there's everyone in our industry pretty much uses the same vendors. Uh, there's a, is there a select group of good ones that? Yes, there are. There's a company called Sanmar, and, and they're the number one leading vendor in, I think, in the United States with clothing, like Fruit of the Loom. We all order from them. I mean, oh, most okay. People, uh, other, so, so most of the shops are going to order from the same place. You're not going to be yeah, so we're shopping all getting, around for no. some discount or something like that. No, we're typically getting the same price right. and the same sale prices, too. And you know and you know that the quality is there because that company, you're, you're dealing with a company that's big. Absolutely. And their quality is, is there. Absolutely. Now, do they talk about where their things are manufactured? I was just curious if they're, uh, are there a lot of offshore? Do you think this stuff, I mean... Do, does anybody discuss that with these big manufacturers? It's it's come up. I mean, they don't. They're most of their stuff is made in America. Uh, that's, what, that's what I was use, thinking. It might be right. But there are vendors out there that do you know overseas stuff, right, and they right. try to you know lowball us. So. Right. So when you buy from these big companies, a lot of times you are buying American-made yes, materials. Yes. Yes. Well, that's good to know because you know. Whenever I'm talking about business, I hate to see everything going away like yeah, it's absolutely. been over the last yeah. 30 or 40 years. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm still upset about the original NAFTA vote <laughs> when, when Wally Herter yeah. did the biggest flip-flop in history. In history yeah. I think it was the day before he assured everyone <laughs> he was voting against it. That's, yeah, we, we'll go there. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, I, I, I do let this show get a little bit on the political side, but you know, it's all we good. just we want to talk about business. Oh, another interesting thing because I grew up uh, during my little league days. I believe I used to buy, like my shoes and things. We'd go to a sporting goods store. Yeah, yeah. But now there's what Dicks and Big Five in Chico. Yeah. Where, so where would, where do people go now for like their baseball shoes? I think it's still about the same. Most of the younger kids now. 
most of the little leaguers will hit Dick's and Big Five or play right. again sports here in town. Oh, play it again still yeah, there. They're, they're, they okay, I didn't know they were and, still there, yeah. But I think the more of the high school kids and college kids in our area, they'll lean towards the Internet more so than So they'll anything. be probably ordering maybe Amazon or somewhere. Yeah, some of the higher-end stuff, like right. Nike stuff. Not, is, yeah, and those get expensive, I imagine, like yes. tennis shoes. Yeah, they do. Where they play, pay a couple hundred bucks now for their oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, the, the cleats and <laughs> bats, like high school bats, are three, $400 now. Well, now those are metal, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Three or four hundred? Yep. Back in our day, we were paying, uh, what, 75 bucks for a batter. Yeah. Well, my I mean, son was in Little League, and he uh, he chose, well, we <laughs> yeah. we chose yeah. tennis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was an excellent baseball player. And when he was young, he was really one of the better players. Uh-huh. But he was concentrating on his tennis, and he became the... Well, he won the championship a couple times at, for PV. I do he remember He played that. on the tennis team. Yep. But what was interesting to see was the Little League guys that he had played with before that he was as good as, you know, when they were <laughs> younger, these guys were concentrating on their baseball. Oh, and so when my son got to be about 15, right toward the end of the Little League, he was just really getting outpaced by these other guys. They were just creaming the ball, hitting home runs. And so it was really interesting to see that what you work on is what you're going to be good at. Oh, absolutely. It was really amazing and to he watch excelled that. in tennis. Yeah. And I yeah. remember reading the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's what's really cool about growing up in a town like Chico, you probably had this in Paradise, mm-hmm. you get to be on the front page of the sports section when you're a high school kid yeah. with an article about you and an interview. Yeah. That, Did you ever have one of those? When oh, you yeah, were a, some embarrassing pictures, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were interesting, but yeah, I remember the day. What position was your main what did you enjoy the most as a as a young player? I was a catcher you know, oh. most of my career, but oh, I okay. I pitched a little bit and dabbled in the infield, but I, I was a catcher for the oh. most part of my career. Were you a catcher at Chico State? Yes, oh. I was. Yeah. What what was your batting lineup spot? I bat well, it varied, you know, depending on how you, the slumps of the year, you know. Right, right. So, but I, you know, the start of the year I was in the four hole, oh, and then uh, okay. bounced down to the six hole. So, right. Yeah. So you were batting cleanup for a yeah, while, huh? Yeah, I enjoyed my time at Chico State. What was your best, uh, RB, not RBI, batting average? What was your best batting average for well, a season? For a season? For a season I, at I, Chico State. Do you remember what my, your average was? I don't remember. I don't recall it exactly. Did they I, keep the stats like that back then? Without? Yeah, yeah, they did. Hey, what are you saying back was then? Was this before the internet? <laughs> yeah, I think it might have been, but no, it, you know, I bet. No, they, had, they had computers. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> You know, I don't recall it totally. I, I batted well over 350, though. And, oh, wow. And, uh, is that, is that common in, in the college baseball, that yeah, guys batting that high? Yeah, there is now. With the, with aluminum bats, it's a little bit easier. You know, oh. and we look at our guys in Wood League, it's a little bit tougher. You know, now you, you were hitting with wooden bats, though, when you were at Chico State, is no, that right? No, we use aluminum. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, and, so is that easier to hit with aluminum than yeah, wood? Yeah, absolutely. A lot easier. It goes farther, right? Yeah, a lot, the bats are live and... Uh, it's a lot lighter to swing. Oh, than okay. a wood bat. You got to yeah. get used to swinging a wood bat. So, are there guys now in college baseball that hit like 400 or something? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, they do. I didn't know that. But I don't g- follow college baseball. Yeah, much. but you know those guys, you know, they're going to be getting looked at quite a bit when you hit right like 400, when you have that right, especially with power numbers. Right. You know. So. Wow. Yes. Now you've also been. Uh, I remember talking with you a few years back uh, when we get a chance between our business meetings. You have also been recruited by other uh, colleges to be a coach. Is that right? Yeah, I've talked to multiple people within the you know the last five years. Right. It just, for my life and where I want to be is in Chico. And right. I, I love this right. place. And, but, I mean, and, the opportunity is there for someone like you. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah. you're well-known now in the whole circle. Like you say, you know all these coaches and everything. Yeah, it's good. It's, yeah. it's good to do, good to be involved in, just being in that, you know, in that menu of coaches, it's fun talking to them, especially the higher coaches, the guys I like to talk to. Um, I have a great time when I call to recruit because I get to call these coaches that I've, you know, idolized, you know, right. And you're D, actually with the D one level, and, and, right. they're, and they're all just like you and me. They're right. regular guys, guys making yeah. a living. Right. But, but uh, of course, coaching at a D one college, they're probably making a pretty good living. They're making a pretty good stipend, yeah. I want to say. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, they are. Yeah, I'm sure they're doing well. You know, one question I got to ask about the Chico Heat. I don't know if you know this, but okay. I'm going to ask anyway. How did they get Ricky Henderson to play for the Chico Heat? I mean, he's like a 
Isn't he a Hall of Fame baseball, Major League Baseball player? Back in the day? About eight years ago, he was on the Chico Heat. I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'll, have to, look, I'll look, look into that. that Maybe next time we'll talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah, because one season, I, it was like Ricky Henderson was on the Chico Heat. Yeah, and I, I know I used to watch him playing for the A's. He yeah, was, wasn't he the Major League leader in stealing stolen bases? Stolen bases? Yeah, he was phenomenal. He was cool. He was phenomenal. <laughs> right. Um, they had actually Jose Canseco played in that league back oh, then, too. Oh, I remember and, that. Uh, that was quite interesting. I remember that. Watching and, him. Right. And then there ended up being an incident. Oh, yes. I remember at well. The, uh, Oxford Suites yep. or something. Yep. I don't know if you want to repeat that, but it was quite interesting. I don't want to repeat it because I don't remember the details <laughs> and I don't think I want to. No, you don't. But uh, what happened to Jose Canseco? He was in the news again a year or two ago. I think he came out with a political tirade on somebody. He's had a hard life. Yeah, That's all you can a, say. I know. Um, he's, he's an interesting went guy. down the wrong path. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be right back after the break uh, with a little more baseball and business talk with Fred Ludwig. So stay tuned. Hi, this is James McDonald from Walk in the Word. Hey, it's always great to hear that a new station partner has come on board. If you've heard our broadcast, then you know I'm passionate about sharing the truth of God's Word. To get fired up about your relationship with Christ, join me each weekday on Walk in the Word. And be sure to check out all the resources available to help you grow strong in the Lord. Just go to our website, walkintheword.com. Join us for Walk in the Word, weeknights at 6 p.m. here on KKXX. It seems like every day I'm asked about vitamin D in the sun. The main question being, how much sunlight do I need to expose myself to get an adequate level of vitamin D? So my answer is simply, use your head. Five or ten minutes in the sun is more than sufficient to create enough vitamin D to maintain good health. Maybe staying out in the sun all afternoon to get your vitamin D isn't the smartest thing in the world. It might not be a bad idea to talk to your primary care provider about getting a test to see how much vitamin D you have circulating in your body. That could tell them whether or not you might need supplementation orally, which is the American Academy of Dermatology's recommended way to supplement vitamin D. So while the professionals work out exactly how much vitamin D we need in our system, use common sense, protect if you need to, and consult your primary care physician if you think you might be deficient in vitamin D. I'm Dr. Paul Sabin, and that's the skin you're in. If you have skin care questions, make an appointment today with Dr. Paul Sabin of North Valley Dermatology. Call Dr. Paul Sabin today at 342-3686. Again, that's 342-3686. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the internet's most beloved pets, and they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Business Buzz. This is your host, Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm here with Fred Ludwig, manager of the Chico Heat, owner of North State Screen Print. And I just think the, the whole sports thing is such a great thing for our community. My son, I'm going to brag a little bit, but <laughs> he he grew up uh, you know, born in Chico, born at Enlo, uh, attended Sierra View Elementary, went to Marsh Junior High, then he went to PV, and... He ended up being a very good tennis player, so he concentrated on his tennis. We took him to quite a few USTA tournaments. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with the book that Andre Agassi wrote. Did you hear about that? Friend? No, I didn't. No. He came out with like an autobiography uh, talking about things like when he was winning the French Open with his toupee, he was afraid it was going to fly off. Oh but he still won the French <laughs> Open. And it didn't fly off? It didn't no, fly okay. off. And the other part of the book was the revelation that, I mean, some people might have known this if they're big followers, but it was a revelation to me that he hated those tournaments when he was a kid. Wow. And he didn't start liking tennis till he was like in his 20s. But... We didn't overdo it with my son's USTA tournaments. Yeah. So he never, and we didn't do the homeschooling. What happens is that with tennis, at about age 13 or 14, your coach, your local coach here will mm -hmm. say, if you want him to go to the next level, you need to homeschool, 
and start doing like six hours of lessons a day and preferably move out of the Chico area because there isn't that much tennis going on here. Yeah. You can't yeah. even get a match really unless you talk to the guys who are 30 and they're, they're hard to get a hold of. Yep. So the bottom line is we opted to not do the homeschooling and not do the serious stuff. My son, his name's Max, he ended up getting up to about, I think he topped out around number 10 or 12 in the 14 or 16 division of USTA. That's awesome. But as he got in the NorCal division, uh -huh. uh, he got to the point of being able to be invited to the tournaments that only the top 32 players get asked to go to. Yep. So he got to play some of these top guys. Uh, one of the guys that he used to beat when he was about 10 years old is now was now the number one college player in the world that's, a year or two ago. That's and crazy. That guy, in fact, that guy left UCLA as a junior to go pro and play at Wimbledon in like U.S. Open. Dude, that's, so anyway, that's it's awesome. kind of cool because Max did beat this kid when they were like 10. That's really cool, though. <laughs> but my point of this whole story is that, uh, other than just to brag about my son, which I know is boring <laughs> as heck to everybody else, he ended up not going to Division One tennis, but he ended up going to UC Santa Cruz, which is Division Three tennis. Okay, he played all four years. When he was a junior, he won the big tournament for the doubles section in Los Angeles. So him and his double partner, doubles partner, got to go to Florida to play in the national tournament for Division Three. That's awesome. So it was a great wow. combination of being in sports but not going all in like a division one guy would. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I was gonna say is that some of his friends, the guys I was talking about from Little League, ended up being very good baseball players. One guy that he played with is playing for Florida State now, Matt Henderson. Yeah, Matt Henderson. And I, uh, Max yeah. used to play on Matt's Little yeah. League teams. That's, that's so that's awesome. exciting. And the other friend that was a great baseball player but he opted for football was Nelson Fishback. Yep. And yep. he went to play Western Kentucky D1 quarterbacking, mm -hmm. but he got injured and this topic of the injury came up and that's why I was thinking of that. But anyway, sports is just something that keeps the whole community kind of, uh, you know, together. I think it's a great thing. Uh, Fred, you have a couple of children. What are, what are they up to? Well, I got a son. He, you know, he's nine years old and his name's Nolan. He's a, he, he loves baseball. Obviously he's growing up in a baseball house, but you know, that's one thing I don't press. You know, I'm, I'm going to let him do what he wants and right. get, a, get a feel for the game the way he wants. But he's unbelievably supportive. Comes to the yard every night for the Chico Heat games. And Okay, so he gets yeah. to see Dad managing the Heat, huh? Yeah, and he gets, to, he gets the first-round treatment. He gets to be the bat boy once in a while. He gets to meet the players, and, and the players treat him like gold, and he loves it. And, that's great. And on the flip side, you know, my daughter, she comes out, and but she loves it. She's Now, she's 13, and... It, I'm going to be the dad here, right? Because she falls in love with every heat That's player. That's right. She, she gets and a good, a good-looking baseball player. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. So yeah. I got to see the pictures of the boys in her bedroom, That's and I right. got to take them down. <laughs> so, uh, and they're both sports-minded. They they love sports, but. And your daughter's a cheerleader. Yeah, she's a cheerleader for the junior Vikings here in town. And oh, great! Plays you know softball and you know, but I let them do what they want and let them get a feel for it on their own. Is what I do. Right. Now, yeah. is it just a random coincidence that your son's name is Nolan? Absolutely not. And if, you, <laughs> and if you look at it, my daughter's name is Rylan. And I'm a huge... Mention, I was going to let you mention that. Yeah, I'm a huge Nolan, Nolan Ryan, Ryan fan. <laughs> I, I have been. Would you, would you kind of consider him one of maybe the best pitcher ever for certain reasons? Or I just think, in my opinion, he's the best pitcher ever for me right um, now, he's wasn't idol. he the strikeout leader of all time or yeah something? and he's just an idol i idolize him it's the way he played the game though most importantly he he was very athletic obviously but it's the way he you know his demeanor of the game and how hard he played it and and, and just how hard he played it right man. just an all-around yeah he, right he, now is he still alive isn't he yeah yeah he's now the one of the owners of the texas rangers oh great yeah well, so that's he, good so he's there at the stadium yeah i wonder did george bush divest his ownership there? I'm trying I, to remember that. You know, I don't know that. I think he may have, but I, I'm not sure. I think you're right. I know right. he used to be one of the owners. I, I think you're right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 So the business of baseball, I mean, on the Chico level, we have the Chico Heat. Mm -hmm. It's a new league, two years old, but it's growing. Yes. So how big could this get? I mean, there was only... We had six teams in this past two seasons, is Correct. that right? Yes. But they're solid teams with owners who are committed. 
Yes. And they have, I'm assuming they have enough money to get this thing rolling and, you know, have a, a few tough years. Yeah, I think uh, what I'm looking forward to for the future for this league is I'm looking forward to expansion. I hope to... I hope they expand to eight, eight teams, maybe next year, maybe ten, right? And have you know maybe get to twelve teams eventually. That's it would be a lot nicer. What's the geograph? I mean, for a league like this, I'm sure there's other leagues like this all around the country. Yes, there is. What's the geographic limit? Well, I, I think that we the, can do. I, I think for us, the best case scenario is California, and Oregon, maybe you know the this side of Nevada would be the best case scenario with keeping costs down. Right. Is what I think. We don't have to fly. We charter bus. Because the travel cost would get astronomical if you had to fly. Correct. And we don't, you know, we're not going to go down that road. But I think uh, just charter busing. And we have vans for the local Yuba City team, the Gold Sox. So we, right. And that keeps costs down. But I think uh, just staying within, you know, California and Oregon's been good because they have teams there and um, that want to get in the league. Right. And so, you know, what we're trying to do, what would be nice within the league is get a north and a south. You know, that oh, way. Okay, so you would have two divisions. Correct. And, and then, then you'd have a, a championship between the winner of each of those. Absolutely. That's, That's a the, great idea. That would be the ultimate goal if that happens or not. I, I, I can't tell right. you, and I don't know. So, but that would be the goal right now. That's great. Yes. And so now are there other leagues like this in like Southern California right now? There, there's quite a few actually. Um, there's quite a few. There's a California Collegiate League. Um, you got the Cape Cod League, which is the number one league. They're the Dalai Lama League of our leagues. Oh wow! You know the Alaska League. Okay, um, so now how how do some of these leagues have ten or twelve teams right now? Yeah, they have more. The Cape Cod has quite a few. Oh, you know, okay. There's a, there's a lot more. We're we're not we're smaller. I think in right. The league, I'm sure they. Well, definitely. it's newer too. I mean, so, you know, you know the ideal thing is to grow. Um, Grow within perspective, you know, keeping your policies and everything in perspective. So, right, um, and keeping it clean. Right, but uh, growth is inevitable, I think. Well, the thing is, is that this community, I believe, Chico has such a pride of Chico. I mean, the whole Butte County, but I mean, Chico yes. itself is very proud of. Hey, let's go, Chico. Let's get things going. If you guys can just keep doing what you're doing, and I think personally, I mean, I'm just speaking as a citizen, I think you need to do even more of the outreach, the promotion, the get out there and let everybody know there's a game tonight. That I kind agree. Of thing. I agree. And that's you know. that's something we talked about. I yeah. think it's, a, it's something that's obtainable we need to do. Right. But uh, I think the community here, and I'll go. I'll, let me hit on that. Yeah. They're heavily supportive of us. They're, no, I know. They are That's wonderful. what I mean. It's the type of place that'll, that'll yeah. do that. We go into the stadium each night. We have one of the bigger stadiums. In I was going to say it's very fortunate to have the Nettleton Stadium available. Yeah, which I'm sure it's a lot. Now I drive by that Gold Sox. Is that they're in your league, right? Yes, they are. Now they've been around in different leagues for a long time. Is that for, for years? I can't even. Because I drive how by long. their stadium a lot. Yeah, it's, but it's not as nice as Nettleton Stadium. No, it's an old, older type right. ballpark, but it's 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 okay. It's no, nice. No, it's good. Yeah, um, and they've been around forever. We we just have one of the more, you know, it's old, but yeah, it's more modernized than most right. most parks. Now, do the other parks serve beer? Yes, it's it's, it's, it's a must in our league because that's going to draw the fans. So, besides the game of baseball itself, I mean, um, and of course uh, we're encouraging everybody to use Uber when you go to Nettleton Stadium. Absolutely, <laughs> it's interesting because I just well I took Uber today because I had to pick a car up at the shop. It's interesting because I was one of my son's friends brought a friend. My son visited. He's uh-huh. oh speaking of my son again. He he's here. He did his no. He did oh, his. Okay. He did it. He's coming tomorrow. Nice. He did his four years at UC Santa Cruz. Since it was Division three, to this is for all you sports parents out there. Since it was Division three, he didn't give up his academic life to do Division one sports. Mm-hmm. He graduated with highest honors in his major, which was economics. And he's now a Ph.D. student at UC Irvine in the economics department. Yeah, that's amazing. So it's that's just, awesome. I'm bragging because he's done well. But what I'm pointing out is if you do the sports all the way to the ratcheting to the top, if you don't make it in that professional sport, you might not have your academics in place, which is kind of the point I was making. Yeah, it's tough. It's yeah. tough to... You have to balance things out. Yeah, it's really tough. So we'll be right back after this break. We're going to have some more great stories. So stay tuned. Business Buzz will be right back.
It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. A group of historic churches in New Jersey is seeking money from an historic preservation fund set up by Morris County. Now, the Freedom From Religion Foundation is suing Morris County, claiming any church use of such funds is a violation of church and state and the New Jersey Constitution. Early this summer, in a school playground improvement case, the Supreme Court ruled that churches can't be denied public funds just because they are churches. And all over the country, from Paul Revere's Old North Church to the National Historic Site of Martin Luther King Jr.'s church, the government funds preservation of historic buildings, secular or parochial. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. My name is Ruth Rusi, and this is how I live United. I read to children as part of United Way's education program. It helps them create links between language and literacy and prepares them for a better academic future. I figure I have the time and they have the need. My name is Ruth Rusi. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Business Buzz. We're having fun today. I was on the topic of Uber. If you go to the Chico Heat Games next season, which you really need to do, take Uber. And the interesting story about that that I was saying is that my son was home a few weeks ago. He's coming back home tomorrow for a few days, which is real nice. Of course, it's lucky. He lives like five minutes from an airport, so it it works out (laughs) real well. So he brings a friend over to a little party we had two or three weeks ago. And his friend brings his friend, who's a criminal defense attorney. And I hadn't thought about this, but those guys are hurting because one of their main jobs is defending guys who get drunk driving tickets or DUIs. And now with Uber, the guys who used to go get drunk driving tickets are not getting them anymore. Yeah, they can use Uber. Yeah. I I thought it was pretty. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that the attorneys all make a good living. But it's interesting that a whole segment of the business for some people is going away because of Uber, another effect of the Internet. Yeah, Uber's crazy. I'll, I'll tell you something. The, my first experience with Uber, we were in Portland last season playing the pickles, and we, we, we needed to go get something to eat. Right. And our, my assistant coach says, let's get Uber. Harold, I didn't know what Uber you was. You didn't even know what he was talking until about. Until just last year. <laughs> so did he have it on his phone yeah, and all so that? Yeah, now I do. Yeah. So. My son turned me on to it down in Southern California, <laughs> and so I started using it down there. Uh, and now that Chico has it, it's darn convenient. I, I do feel bad for the cab companies. Yeah. So but it is, you know, it's kind of like uh, newspapers. Yep. If you look at a chart of like a newspaper stock, like Gannett is one of those national papers. Yeah. I mean, nobody pays for newspapers. Any. It's just really sad. No, it is. It yeah. is. But that's why I was going to say in this last little segment, your business with you having the screen print business in addition to you being so connected with all the sports. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Plus your wife is a teacher at yeah, PV. Yeah, at Pleasant right? Valley High School. She's right. a teacher, yeah. So you're totally connected to the youth sports and the adult sports and Chico Heat. Yeah. And you probably know quite a few players that have been around the the whole nation Absolutely. sports-wise. Absolutely. And so you're totally connected what a great mix of, like I was saying, of, of work and play. Because you're, when you're at work, a lot of it's playing because you're doing uniforms for Little League. Yeah, right? our work's different. I, I tell everyone that. It's like, it's like a barber shop in a way. Cause it's, <laughs> right. Everyone comes to hang out and they want to see what happens at North State Screen Printing. It's, right. it's amazing to me. Right. So it's like, so going to work isn't like a drudge to you. It's no, like, no, it's I pretty darn it. fun. I do enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, that's Absolutely. great. And uh, I'm glad I've been able to help you all these years because that's quite a business there. You yeah, do it's, tons and tons of business. Yeah, it's 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 a day in day out. It's not a grind. It's fun. It gets stressful sometimes on deadlines, but the bottom line is, is all I, my employees do like coming to work. So right, we enjoy right. it. So how many employees do you have uh, around this time of year? This time right now we have eight, and we'll flex to twelve during the little league season. Matter of fact. Right. So you now do you have certain guys who will come back as regular? 
fill-ins or do you have to hire new people? We'll hire new people sometimes, but it's we'll get the college students, they leave. Right. And then they they all call me back after the summer. Hey, what do you got going for What do you here? got? And, and we'll help when's them out. that big season ramp up, like in the spring for yeah. the Little League? December. In December, we'll start doing you know January Little League stuff. And we right. get crazy in the, right. that, that time period. So that works out perfect. You got all these college guys coming back looking for their it works part-time out really jobs. Good. Really good for me. Right. So. And you guys, you start pretty early in the morning. Is that the? It's the best thing to do. We get my printers get in sometimes. You know, five in the morning. Right to get and, everything rolling, and and they want to get out of there by two anyway. So. Right, right. So, plus we were talking about the traffic in Chico these days. Oh my lord, yeah. Come, we won't discuss the fact that the traffic can be near your business. Yeah, but, but you close by four, right? Yeah, we close at four yeah. o'clock every day. Yeah, I was telling you, I used to live on that side of town, and occasionally when I go there, I'm amazed that they haven't figured out a way to widen Nord. Well, you know, it's funny. We close at four for a couple of reasons, though. One is because of traffic, and two, because all my sales guys, including myself, we like to coach. Right. So we give them that so option. So you're all coaching some team somewhere, and right? So we let them all off early so we can go coach our team. So, <laughs> so that's great. When people are ordering their, their things at the screen print shop, they're actually talking to coaches and athletes yeah we got guys that all all the front guys all coach a sport right. so it's pretty that's, cool that's totally cool yeah do, we, do you ever have a situation where your children <laughs> are playing against theirs well yeah we have that we've had situations <laughs> yeah. where where i've sold uniforms and i'm coaching against that guy next, the next day who bought them oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, right. that's, that's kind of odd sometimes yeah, right. but you know it is what it is yeah and, yeah well that's separate the two that's great well the uh like i say the whole fabric of sports in a small community i mean i still call chico small so i grew I, up in the bay area yeah but i came up here for college and i i left for a little while because i had to uh-huh. economically but i basically didn't leave much at all and i've now that i count up my years i've been in chico a lot longer than i was anywhere else yeah because i've been back since the uh since the late 80s yeah and i was able to figure out a way to come back but i mean the sports just kind of ties everything together here and you know, the community gets along, and, of course, it's the barrier for, you know, all races, creeds, and colors. Mm-hmm. The kids don't care. Yeah. You know, and that's really good. Yeah. I remember all the Little League games, and that's what I miss the most when I know that my son's in college now. <laughs> I miss those fun Little League games. They were a kick. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fun. Taking When I go with my son, I love watching them. It's so. great. So, Fred, we're going to have you back sometime soon. It was really fun talking with you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you. All right. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA, signing off for Business Buzz. Join us next Tuesday. See you then. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets, The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the life of ourself, our family, and others. It just so happened that I came home Friday night and there was an electrical problem. The electricity went off. The circumstances were, um, well, they were complicated, and I ended up with no electricity until Monday. And that is what I want to tell you about. No electricity for the weekend. So here I am, the preparedness guy, and no electricity for the weekend. Ha! No problem, or so I thought. Well, let me tell you about it. it yeah, like I said, no problem, so I thought. But really, I found out it kind of was a problem. For me, an advocate of preparedness, it was really a good lesson. Glad it happened. This is what I had that I noticed. First, there was no heat. Second, the communication was limited. And third, there was no real light. 
you know, the electric lights. So anyway, I had a gas stove, so that was nice. But cooking could have been done on the propane camp stove. Uh, but the effects were more than I realized. Like I said, those those uh, things that affected me were heat, uh, communication, and that is recharging my cell phone or not, and three, light, primarily at night. Okay, I had warm clothes, I had flashlights, and still it was like being on crutch, crutches. Yes, I could still get around, but it was just not so easy to do. And things, of course, they took some extra time and some extra effort. Uh, there were still things I could could do and things I could not do, at least not easily. So it was kind of... <laughs> I still find it interesting. I had to deal with the cold. Yeah, it reminded me of, of how it was in the Middle Ages in Paris, France. Um, now, this is a true story. There were houses, farmhouses that were often three stories. Sometimes they were four stories high. Yeah, they were a little bit small, but they were high. And the farmers would uh, take their animals into the lower story to keep the animals safe at night. And the animals, um, they would generate heat. Uh, and the people who lived in the upper stories would use that animal heat to stay warm, and that way they wouldn't have to burn wood, collect wood, which was a more scarce resource. Now today, we cannot even allow animals into our house like that. We can't imagine it for the night, uh, but they did what they had to do, and for that time, that's what they had to do. Now, in a disaster, a serious disaster... Who knows what we would have to do? We might have to do some things to get by that we wouldn't ordinarily do. And yes, we would do things in a moral and a God-fearing way. But yeah, I say today, in these days, it's still possible that we would have to do some things that we just wouldn't imagine uh, for normal living. So I say, evaluate the possibilities of such a thing happening like a major disaster, and then decide what you would want to do. Whether it's a plain old event or a huge disaster, give it some thought and then take some steps for that just-in-case possibilities. Only you can determine what you would do, but then make some, take some reasonable steps and then do it. Um, this is Episode number 36, and start your preparations now before there's an urgent need, and what you want is hard to find. Remember to give thanks to God for the blessings that you do have. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628 7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. My Savior called to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Christ is proclaimed. Today's reading from the Word. Now we begin reading the book of Philippians in the New Testament of the Word of God. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment 
and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness, how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent, in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else, and that most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from good will. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which to choose. But I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better, yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, and that too from God. This is the Word, simply reading from the Scriptures without comment. And I'm Nicholas Hope. Welcome to Business Buzz. This is your host, Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I promised you a real entertaining guest today, and he's in the... KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR, Chico, Yuba City, Marysville. Astronaut Bob the Drop here. There's been a lot of talk about water found on Mars. Why would you go all the way to Mars for water when we have the best tasting water at Mount Shasta? It comes from our protected springs and is delivered right to your door. Great planning, Bob. Hey, where are you going with that? Those Martians are stealing my water. Guess we have some new customers. And anyone can get Mount Shasta spring water if they call us at 1-800-922-6227. Pure and simple, naturally the best Mount Shasta spring water. 
Chico Mobile AC Radiator and Auto Repair says, This coming fall season, please remember to drive with the three C's of safety, caution, courtesy, and common sense. Please practice safe and sober driving at all times. Don't be responsible for an accident. This message is compliments of Bob at Chico Mobile AC Radiator and Auto Repair. They're specialists in auto electric system problems, including repairs and installation of alternators, generators, starters, electric windows, and locks. Chico Mobile AC Radiator and Auto Repair at 151 East Park Avenue is the place to rely on.